Hey everyone, good Erev Shabbos, I hope you're having a wonderful day. We continue where we left off on the top of page 19a, tracted eight of in, first line. See that the measure of Hashem is not the same, characteristic of Hashem is not the same as the characteristic of a human being. When a person, in the case of a human, human king, if a person is, is liable for the death sentence, you put like a muzzle on his mouth. He shouldn't curse. The person inside is seething. He wants to curse the king. But in the case of Hashem, person who is has to receive the death sentence in the eyes of Hashem, he's silent. To you, Hashem, silence is praise. A person who's found guilty, he's silent. Because it's just. When the king sentences you to death, you feel it's unjust. So you're angry. But in Hashem's case, you know, whatever Hashem does, Hashem is just. So you accept his punishment. Not only do you accept it silently, you thank Hashem, you praise Hashem, because you know Hashem is just. And you've earned it, and you deserved it, and it's an atonement for you. Not only that, as if you offered a sacrifice, it's an atonement, like a sacrifice. And to you, I'm paying up a debt. I'm paying up my debt. So it's not just a punishment. Hashem is not just punishing a person. It's actually, it's an atonement for the person. It says, It says, those who pass through the valley of Bacha, of the Bacha trees, and Mayan Yishisu, they transform it into a wellspring. They will also, Bacha's uh, early rain, Yala is his cloak with blessings. Every refers to those who violate or transgress Hashem's will. That they go deep into the hell. They cry. Like the wellspring that was underneath the, the altar. The altar had holes where they poured the libations and the wine and the water would go all the way very deep down into the, into the well. And Gambrach is the and they also uh, cloak Hashem with blessing. They justify the din. They say Hashem was right and I earned it. And uh, uh, and they say, Master of the universe, Yafa Danta, you judged well, Yafa Zachisa, Yafa Chayafta, Yafa Takanta, Gehenim Rishoyim. And it's all good that you've done. You found us guilty, and that you created, you fixed the Gehenim, Rishoyim, hell for the wicked, Ganedin and Tzadikim, and the Garden of Eden for the righteous. It's not so. Wicked person, even when he's at the door, the entrance way of hell, he doesn't do tshuva, he doesn't change. It says, they went out and they saw the pigre hanoshim ha be. The corpses of the people who 
rebel against me. So he says, he doesn't say, he doesn't say those who rebelled in the past. rebelling in the present. That they continue to rebel, even, even as they see the consequences of their actions and they're going to hell, there's no regret. They still rebel. So this contradicts what you said earlier that uh, the uh, the sinners justify Hashem's justice. And for the Gemara, like Hashem, it's not a contradiction. There was talking about the wicked of the nations, the non-Jewish, uh, the wicked of the nations. They don't regret even in the afterlife, even at the entranceway of Gehenna. But the Jewish wicked. They are, not only do they regret, they cry and they justify and they praise and sing Hashem's praises. Hachinamistamish also makes sense. Because otherwise, there's a contradiction. And himself. says, The sinners of Israel, the fire of hell, do not have any control over them. And how much more so? We learn this from the the inner altar, the altar of gold. The top, the, the top uh, part of the mizbeach, which had the fire on it, was only as thick as a as a coin, as a golden coin. In this constant, many many years, and constant fire, daily fire, and nevertheless, it does not uh, destroy it. So Paisha Yisrael, the sinners of Israel, Shemleim Mitzvah's Kedimah, that are filled with mitzvot like a pomegranate. And then it says, Kepelech Hadimen Rakosech, like a piece of pomegranate, are your temples. But said, Don't read Rakosech, your temples, but read Rakosech, meaning the empty ones. That, uh, that even the empty ones, the sinners of Israel, are filled with mitzvot. So how much more so, that the fire of hell can't touch them. Taste was asked, if that's the case, why do we need to learn a separate, a separate teaching that the Torah scholars, the fire of hell doesn't touch them? We learned it from the salamander. Salamander can, uh, can walk through fire. Uh, the fire won't won't affect it. So how much more so, the uh, the Torah scholars whose whole inside is fire, that they're speared from the fire of hell. The Qu- question is, if every Jew is speared from the fire of hell, even the empty ones, surely the Torah scholars. What do you need a special teaching? He says, answer is because here we're saying we learn from the altar. The altar, yes, the altar didn't burn, it wasn't consumed, it wasn't destroyed, but it was blackened fire blackened the altar so to the wicked uh, Jews yes they, they are not consumed not destroyed by the fire of hell but they are blackened by it but the Torah scholars like the salamander which are completely unaffected by the fires of hell and that's unique to them it says in the Pasuk that they cry from the depth why are they crying? If they don't go to hell, why are they crying? Because they're sentenced to go to hell. Well, what happens is, that's why they're crying. But what happens is, Avram Avinu comes and takes them out and he receives them. Avram 
who sees any Jew who's circumcised makes sure, doesn't allow him to go to hell. Bar, the exception is Misrol Shabo Abbas Evid Kechavim. A Jew was intimate or married a non Jewish woman. The Mashkar Lasse, because she will uh, will pull up his 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 covering and that he should appear to be uncircumcised. So now Avramavino doesn't recognize him. this Jew walks in, it doesn't seem to be circumcised because uh, his lover covered up and pulled up his uh, and covered up on on um, on his Arla and therefore he will not be saved. Now that you say a Paishim. The Pashli Vazli. When you say a Paishim, you're saying it means in the present. It should have said that those who rebelled against Hashem in the past, and they will uh, they will burn and they continue. They continue to rebel. Because it doesn't say that they rebelled in the past, it says they're, they're rebelling now in the present. The Pashli Vazli, Elamata, if that's the case, the Chsiv, it says, it says Hashem takes you out of Egypt. Hashem is taking us presently out of Egypt. He took us out of Egypt in the past. So just like over there, even though he uses the Torah, uses the expression Hamoitzi, but he means in the past, so to here, when he says Pashim, he doesn't mean in the present, he actually means in the past. He disagrees with Heshlaka's teaching that even at the door of the entrance of Gehenna, they are still uh, rebelling. But it means in the past they rebelled, but now, now they're crying. Another thing there's three entrance ways to hell. One is found in the desert, one is in the sea, one is in Yerushalayim. They were in the desert, and they all were they all were swallowed up, and they went down Shaila is hell. So, the door of Gehenna um, opened up, and they uh, all rolled down into Shaila. By Yam, the Chesivot says, Yoyno, when Yoyno was under sea, swallowed up by the whale. So he says, Shavasi Shamata, from the stomach of Shaila. Shail refers to the Gehennim, you heard my outcry. So there is a door, an entranceway to hell in, in the sea. Shmatakaili, you heard my voice. We are Shalayim, Hashem, Hashem said, There's fire and sin, the and an oven, you're Shalayim. The Yeshiva Rabbi Shmuel to learn, which refers to the fire of Gehennim. In Yerushalayim, that's the opening to hell. That's it? Only these three openings? We learn, In the valley of Ben Hinnom, there are two palm trees. And a smoke comes up between these two palm trees. And that's what we learned. Sydney had a barza. That there's certain uh, lulavim. We're discussing certain lulavim, whether you're allowed to use it on sukkahs. So he's referring to these these two trees, these two palm trees, which marks the entrance of Gehenna. 
So uh, they're very short, the leaves are very short, and that's a discussion whether it's a kosher lulav or not. And he says it's kshedus, it's kosher. This is the opening of Gehenim. So we see there's a fourth opening. The valley of Ben Hinnom is right outside Yerushalayim. When you enter into the uh, into the Kaisal, when you go um, from the gate below, that 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 right opposite there, that's the valley of Hinnom. So that's that's what he's referring to. That's one of the three. The entrance of hell is in Yerushalayim. There are seven names for Gehenim. We also find elsewhere the Yitzhahara has seven names. So the Gehenim is a consequence for the different levels of Yitzhahara. So you have different levels of Gehenim, one worse than the next. These are the seven names of, of Gehenim. Gemara says, where do we know this from? Where do we see this in the Pasuk? Shoel, the Sivit says, like we said earlier, that Yena, when he was in the whale, he said that from the stomach and the belly of Shoel, I cried out. So that's one name of hell. Avdin, the Siv, I super vakever chazdechem, Avadin, the Melech says in Psalms, will a person praise you? When he is in Avdin, from the cave, from the grave, and is a person going to tell of your kindness and your faithfulness Avdin, when he's in hell? So that's another name for hell. Be'er Shachas, a well of destruction. You don't allow your chassid to witness destruction, meaning you won't allow your chassid to go to, to go to hell. A pit. Of turbulent water, and metita yavin, and metita yavin is like a quicksand. It says, "Vayaleni mibershon metita yavin." He raised me from the, the pit of turbulent water and from quicksand. But tamavas, so it says, "Yesh v'chayshav tamavas." It says in Psalm, "Those who sit in darkness in a shadow of death, v'yeretz atachd is gemara who." There's no pasuk, but but they learned. This is a tradition that that's one of the names of, of hell. That's it. What about Gehenim? Gehenim, the main, the name that we all call it. Sigmar says Gehenim is because it's a valley as deep as the valley of Hina. This is the valley that we mentioned earlier, the entrance of the entranceway of Gehenim. All who descended, all those who committed acts of hinam. Hinam refers to acts of immorality. Like the Jewish people complained to Moshe, they say, We remember the fish that we ate in Mitzrayim, hinam. And hinam is not just they were complaining about the fish, they were complaining about the manna, but they were also complaining about the uh, immorality that uh, was available, available to them in. In, in Mitzrayim. The reason he calls it Chinam is because when, you, when, when you're immoral with your own family members, then it's free. You don't have to pay for it. It's the only pay for, for it if you do it with strangers. But Chinam and Hinam are interchangeable. So that's what he says. Gay Hinam, this is a, a valley which is as deep as the valley of Hinam, which is a consequence of Iske Hinam when a person acts 
acts immorally. Might have stopped the wall over here. So the mother has, so you can tafta. It's also, Gehenim is called tafta. We'll see the tafta, Gehenim hell was created even before heaven and earth, before heaven and earth was established. And for the Gemara, who should call him a spot to the Yitzhah Whoever is seduced by the Yitzhah will fall there. So these are general names, Gehenim. And these seven names of the hell correspond to seven, seven different uh, levels of the Yetzirah and several different levels of sin. But here, it's a general thing. A person who's immoral, you can fall to all of the seven levels of hell. And the person who sedu- allows himself to be seduced by the Yetzirah will also fall into any of the seven. So Gehenim is a general name, but in gener- and specifically you have seven levels within Gehenim. Ganeiden, the entrance to Ganeiden, Amr Neshlakish. Neshlakish says, "In Beretz Yisrael, who Beishan? If it's in Israel, it's Beishan. The fruits there are delicious. That must be the entrance of of, of Ganeiden. Beishan Pischa is the entrance. In Beharavi, if it's in Arabia, Beisgram Pischa. It's in Beisgram. In Ben and And if it's between the rivers, the Maskim Pischa. The Babel. If it's in Babylonia, Abaye Meshtavu Repeli the Mevi Yemina. Abaye praises the fruits that are on the southern side of the Euphrates. Rava Meshtavu Repeli the Pri Darfanya." Rava praises the fruits of Arfanya. So Taste was asked that you, elsewhere we find Ben Anhadas refers between the rivers, refers to Babylonia, because Babylonia sits between the two rivers mentioned in the beginning of Genesis, the river of the Euphrates and the Tigris River. Okay, he remains with the question. Now we go back to the mission. It says that between the two posts, the L-shaped posts that are on four sides of the on four sides of the of the well. So you have to, it has to be wide enough that three oxen tied together are able to go in, and another three oxen are able to go out according to me, according to Abihu, the four oxen tied together uh, to go in, and the simultaneously four oxen are able to go out. And he says, the mission says, oxen that are tied together, and they're not untied. So if he says they're tied, obviously we know they're not untied. Keeping a tunnel of Shudas, and I haven't taught it, so he said, Matthew, I would think Shudas can't Shudas. Amamish loik shudis means that they are like they're tied, they're, they're standing together, but they don't literally have to be tied. So, Kamashal, that's what he says. No, when I say shudis, I mean literally that they are mamish, tied, not standing next to each other. So, they're tied together. One group is able to go in, the other group is able to go simultaneously. There's room enough for them to go in and out. So we learn that one group is simultaneously, one is going in, not one animal in and one animal out. Because as we just said, the three or the four oxen are all tied together, so they're all going in the same direction. And the other group that's tied together is going in the opposite direction. Have to be enough space that both of them could conveniently and comfortably go in and out. Father of the rabbis learned, so we said that you can make it the space around the well even as small as possible, but the minimum is you have to be enough space for the oxen to put his head and most of his body in. How much is it? So there has to be a space around the well of two amas, and then it's effective, then you can put the four posts. But if it's closer than that, then, then, then you can't. How much is the thick of an ox? 
you set three oxen together, four oxen, how much is each ox, how much space does each ox take up? Exactly, an amman, two-thirds of an amman, four tvachim. Which comes out to ten. If you do the math, and they're tied together, so you just have the space of the ox, there's no extra space. So six times, six times one amma and two-thirds of an amma is exactly ten amma. Six times six, and six times two-thirds is another four amma, it's ten amma. Like ten. Like 13 and like 14. Because Rabbi Huda says it has to be two sets of four oxen tied together. So, that's eight oxen together. Eight times an amma and two-thirds, so four tvachim, equals 13 amma and a third of an amma, and two tvachim. So he says, like 13 and like 14. So the Gemara asks, what do you mean, ke'esen? You say that mayor says it's like ten. It's exactly ten. Ten times an amman, two, two, two-thirds, and four tzvachim is exactly ten amman. Because at the end, in the Sefer, in Rabbi Huda, he says, like thirteen. So therefore he wants to be consistent. So he says, like ten, even though in this case it's exactly ten. So you might ask, what do you mean? Why, do you, why did you say it's like thirteen? It's more than thirteen. It's like 13 could mean it's less than 13, almost 13. No, it's not only 13, it's more than 13. I by because he says like 14. It's less than 14. It's not even close. It's 13 and a third and two tvachim. When you say like, it means it's almost. Like you say 99, you can say 100. But it's not even close. It's closer to 13. So what does he mean like? So Papa, what he means to say is he saved it. It's more than 13, less than 14. And therefore, since he says this, less kill, more than 13, less than 14. So he also in the beginning, he also says like 10, even though there it's exactly 10. If you have a well that has a width of 8 ammo, and then you have to add the two amma on each side, space around the well. Like we said, there has to be enough for the head of the animal, the majority of the animal, the ox to go in, which is two ammas. So together, now I have 14 ammas, uh, 12 ammas, two on each side. So the kula amma shutin. I don't have to add any boards in the middle. Because when you put, if you have 12 amma, and then when you put the two the L-shaped, the boards on each corner, each board is one amma, so each side ends up two ammas, so I have exactly a space of ten. A space of ten is good. I don't. There's no problem. So according to that mayor, I don't have to add another board in the middle. Who just wants to keep the numbers even, even though you could have said even a smaller number. But to keep, let's keep it simple. If it's a bird that's 12 amas wide, so if you add another 2 amas on each side, it's 16 amas altogether. So even when you add the 4 posts on each corner, what do you end up with? You end up with... It's 14 amas. And even Abihud would say, it's too, it's too much of a gap. It's too wide of a gap between one corner and the other corner. So I have to put a board in the middle. So then there's no argument. So when are they arguing? Keep polygamy. When are they arguing? 
if it's more than eight, and if it's less than twelve, if the if the pit itself, if the well itself is more than eight amas wide, but it's less than twelve amas, then I have to add a board because now this gap, the space between between the two corners are more than ten amas. So I need a board in the middle to to uh, in that space. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, I don't need because the gap is is as long as the gap is thirteen and and uh, thirteen amas and a third to tvachim. That's I don't need a board. It's fine. What's our Papa coming to teach me? Tanina. We learned the Brisa. We just quoted. It says clearly that he says ten and Rabbi Yehuda says thirteen and. Uh, he didn't hear the Braise. He's coming to teach the Braise. It doesn't say clearly, it just says three oxen, a four oxen. The mission says three oxen, a four oxen. But it doesn't tell me why. He doesn't spell out the measurements. So that pup is explaining what the what the measurements are, and then it comes out that he's saying saying like the brisa. So after he learned this, then he heard of the brisa, and then he interpreted the brisa we learned earlier that he means between thirteen and fourteen. What if the cap was more than ten amas, like he said? The well is between eight amas and twelve amas, so the gap between the L-shaped corner post is more than ten amas. So you have to put a board in the middle. What if instead of putting a board in the middle, you just extend, you just extend the L-shaped board longer? So now the gap between them is only ten amas. Is that good or not? Why not? Why shouldn't it work? What? Because the problem is that you can't really tell. A person can't really tell. He'll think it's just a, a regular L-shaped board, which is an amma by an amma. He won't know that it's more than an amma. And he doesn't see any board in between, so it looked like the gap, it appeared to be that the gap is more than 10 ammas, and it's okay. So even another case where the gap really is more than 10 ammas, I'll also think it's okay to carry. So maybe you have to have a board in the middle, because then you can tell, everyone knows, that that makes sure you don't have a gap of, of 10 ammas. I'll bring you a proof. We learned that he can extend it however much he wants. He can make surrounding the well however large space as possible as long as he adds in boards. He puts a lot of these L-shaped boards. He, he extends the L-shaped uh, panel that it goes more. He can put a lot of posts, a lot of posts in between. If that's the case, why did he say that he should add in with the board? You should have actually passing. You should add boards. Period. Not you're adding to the board. The boy. says Interpret what he means. Actually, means you're adding. You're adding boards. Not that you're adding to the board. The others say, I'm letting you all bring your proof about it. It says, I've actually 
That meaning that he's adding boards, many boards, to fill the gap. There shouldn't be a gap of ten amas. And he's extending the L-shaped board that to fill that space, so the gap should be less than ten amas. It also makes sense. But he says, you're adding to the board, to the existing board, you're just extending it longer. It's a proof. What if the gap is more than 13 amas and two tvachim, according to Rabbi Huda? So, what, what's, what would Rabbi Huda say? Would Rabbi Huda say that you can add boards? Or no, you must add to extend uh, the corner boards, the L-shaped boards. You have to extend that to fill the gap to narrow the gap that it shouldn't be more than 13 and 2 tvachim. Why? Why is this a question more to Rabbi Yehuda? Because Rabbi Yehuda, we never heard him accept this concept of a board. The concept of a board is very problematic because you have an opening on each side, like we learned earlier, when you have an opening on each side and the opening on each side is greater, this gap, the space, the empty space on each side is greater than the board and it cancels out the board. I don't view the board as a wall at all. It's canceled out by the empty space on all sides. And the gap, which is wider. So Rabbi Meir, who says that a board is effective, so therefore, sure, a board is, a board is better, because that, that was the only question. If it has to be a board, then a board is better, because a board, you can tell. You can see that it's, it's, it's uh, closing the gap. But Rabbi Yehuda, the question is, we never even heard from him that he even accepts this whole concept. Yes, we're lenient in the case of a, of a well that we allow this whole idea of a wall in the corners, these L-shaped things in the corners, even though it's mostly open. But he never accepted the concept. Just because we do that leniency doesn't mean we also accept the leniency that you can put a board in between, even though it's canceled out and the open gap on either side of the board. So maybe the only, according to Rabbi Huda, the only thing, the only option is to extend, extend the corner, the corner L-shaped board to extend it, but not just to put plant a board in the middle. So that was his question. I'm late, Nisu. I'll bring you proof. We learned Kamen now Mishnah Kamen Mekadavim Kedusha Vedubah Shel the closest they can be is as long, like we learned, two amas that you can that the axe, his head, and the majority of his body could enter. The kamamurachakim, but how far away could the walls be from the well? How how big of a space? I feel a kur, even a kur which is thirty saw, which like which is like over one hundred and ten thousand square feet. I feel a kurayim, and even two kurs, double that amount. Rabbi argues with says, no, there's a limit. Base Asayim, only up until 7,500 square feet. That's it. Mutter. Yosem So the rabbis responded to Rabbi Huda, don't you admit Bedir, Vesar, in the case of a deer with a corner off a corner of the field and put all the animals there so from their excrement they can use to fertilize the field. The sar, a corral, 
muktza, backyard, a garage, and courtyard, v'chotzer, they can be as large as possible. Since somebody lives there, the shepherd is living there with the animals, afilu bas chamishas kut, it could be even five kut, it could be huge, gigantic, like a Texas-style ranch. And they can carry within, within, within the enclosure. Afilu bas asada kut, it means ten kut. Over a million, doesn't matter how big it is, a million square feet, over a million square feet. Amalehen, who the respondent? Why are you saying only seven thousand five hundred square feet? A little more than that. Amalehen, because there you're talking about a real wall. Here we're talking about a flimsy wall. You're just putting four corners. So to put four corners, it it and consider that a wall that was a special dispensation we made for a well, but you have that's limited only to a base asylum and not more. He said, but if you're going to tell me that you could extend that according to Rabbi Yehuda, you can't just put a post boards in the middle. You have to extend the corner walls until you fill the gap. Until the gap is less than 13 amas and two tvachim and a tefrach. If that's the case and it's a full wall, it's also a wall. What's the distinction? No matter how big the space is, if, if the corner wall extends all the way on each side until, until you just have one gap of less than 13 amas and, and, and two tvachim, so it's a wall, it's a regular wall. What's the difference in this case and the case of the corral and the uh, backyard, the courtyard? So we must say that even according to Rabbi Yehuda, you can put a beam in the middle, a board. And just putting a board, you still have an empty space. The, the open space, the gaps are much wider, much bigger, much larger than, than the closure, closed space. And that's what he says. How could you compare? In the case of the corral and the courtyard, do you have proper walls, a full wall. That's why you can extend the millions of, millions of square feet. What do I care? as long as you're living there. But, in the case of the well, since I'm relying on the leniency of having these flimsy walls, because in each corner, these L-shaped walls on each corner, and, and, and I'm just putting a board in between, in this case, the, the gap is wider, is larger than the, the opening is wider than the closure. In this case, in this case, we only we have to limit only up until two saw, a little more than seven thousand five hundred square feet, and not millions of square feet. But it says no, it's not a proof. Really, I can tell you, according to Rabbi Huda, he doesn't accept the idea of putting a board in the middle, because the space on each side cancels it out. We don't even look at it as a wall, as a partition. You have to extend the corner walls. So why then, why, what's the difference then between the courtyard and, and the, the well? You have a full wall here. In the case of the courtyard, if you have a breach of ten, more than 10 amas, it's no longer considered an entranceway, and the whole, it breaches the whole entire partition, it's no longer considered a partition. Over here by a well, we have leniencies. The leniency here is that the gap could be even more than 10. Even if it's 13 amas and two, and, and two tvachim and a third of an amma, we also consider that an open gap. And that's okay. That's the leniency. But to just put a board in the center, 
with nothing on either side, that maybe the Buddha doesn't accept. Okay, so we have no proof one way or the other. Another question I asked from a mound of earth which rises to a height of ten tvach, which is a little more than two and a half feet within four amas of its slope. Because if it rises in, uh, with, if the slope is more than four amas, then of course I can't look at it as a wall. It's just part of the ground. The ground is on a slope. It's the ground. It's earth. It's ground. But here, if it rises so steeply, that within four amas, within a little more than six feet, it goes from zero to ten tvachim to two and a half feet, then I can look at it as a wall, as a partition. The question is, if I have this on the corner, if I have this on each on the side of the well, if I can count it, mishum diyum, mishum diyum, I can count it as one of the posts, one of the double posts. They're on the edge, in the corner, surrounding the well. So We learn the answer in the says, if there was a square rock in the place of the double pose, we view it that if you were to split the rock that and make it into an L-shaped form, shape, you would end up having one arm on this side and one arm in this direction. But then we treat it as if it's human. Vim lav nef nab and he says, even was a round stone, not a square rock. So if you, if you would have carved out, turned the rock into a square, and then you would split it, you would have uh, two angles. Not What are the two arguing? What? What is Rabbi Shimon ben Lazar and Rabbi Shmuel? What are they arguing? What's the argument? Why does Rabbi Shmuel say that a round stone is good and you can use it as a human? Rabbi Shimon ben Lazar says not. And, and, and Rabbi Yechim ben Breka says uh, that, you, that you could and Rabbi Shimon ben Lazar says not. The argument is because here you have to imagine, you have to cut it and create an L-shaped shape. So one, you do it to, to, to imagine imagine one change, but to do two changes, imaginary changes, from, from a round rock, you turn it into a square rock. That's one thing you have to imagine. And then you have to imagine that you take that square rock and you and you uh, uh, carve it and make it into an L-shaped shape. That's too far. If you're already imagining, imagine all the way. We can already imagine both things. So here too, this mound of sand is like a round rock. So this is an argument between Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Shimon. What if a person has if a person has a partition made of, of reeds, vertical reeds? And it, it has the shape, the L-shape of a double post on the corner. Could we use it as, a, as one of these corner posts or not? They're less than three tvachim away from each other, so we consider it levud as if it's all attached. Because it's a very flimsy wall. A real wall has to have both vertical and horizontal. This is just the vertical. So could we use it as this type of wall of the human, which as it is is a very, very uh, already very flimsy. 
So this is, you're, you're adding to it. So is it, is it legal? Is it a kosher or not? Amalek Nisau, I'll bring you a proof. We learned if there was a tree, or there was a wall, or a wall of reeds, we can use it as as one of the corner, the corner uh, posts. My love, surely we're talking about if it's less, less than three, exactly your case, your scenario, and it says clearly that it's okay. I can tell you, it's talking about Gudrisa the Kani, where in the bottom it's like a tree, and then from the top, and then it extends into reeds on top of it. So since on the bottom they're like one, even though on top they separate, so therefore we say that we can use it as this L-shaped uh, corner corner board, um, double post. But uh, but in the case that you're asking, whether it's from the ground up, they're separated and apart, and just because they're less than three tefachim together, maybe they're not. If you're saying the mission is talking about Kudrisa, that's a tree. He's saying at the bottom, it's, it's one tree that just branches off on top. He says, you want to prove from there that we're talking about a, a wall of reeds from the bottom up. That's a wall. So he says wall, he says wall, and he says, he says wall, and he's... If I could, so if he, if he says wall, and nevertheless, he, so this is like a wall. So what are you going to answer? What are you going to answer? Today, it's too tight for a wall, a regular wall. And this is a wall, which is a flimsy wall. It's only vertical. It's less than three tefachim, considering it attached. So I can tell you it's a tree. On the bottom, it's one stem. And then the top, it breaks off into different, uh, different reeds. There's two types of tree. So it's no proof. The others say He asked him about a good race of the kani, whether it's good or not. The grace of the kani, my, what's the law? So according to this version, he was certain that if you have a wall of reeds that has the proper shape, that's surely good. The question here is that in this case, it doesn't have the shape. It's a tree. It doesn't have the shape of an L shape, so it's like so it's a, a drawback. So maybe it's not good. So he says, "I'm letting you so I bring you a proof." It says clearly in the Mishnah that a fence, a tree, a partition of reeds, of a double post, you can you can treat it as a double post. My love, my love, good race. The kani we're talking about the hedge of reeds. So he might have said, "Lord, I can tell you, it's talking about kana kana pachas mishleisha. It's talking about a row of reeds arranged like an L shape." Less than three tefachim apart. That's the case. So that's a wall. He already said a wall. Why does he have to repeat it? Elamai. So you want to prove from that that he means a hedge. So that's a tree. Elamai. So you have to answer. We continue on 28. Today, Gavnil. There's two types of trees. So there's two types of walls. Everyone have a beautiful, beautiful Shabbos.